Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 100. 100. We did it. We made it. 100 episodes in. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Very exciting stuff. And, And honestly, like, it's been about two years, I think, we've been doing this. It was two years, two weeks ago. Two years, two weeks ago. And we're at... 100 episodes. I'm not sure I thought that we would last that long. I mean, what are the statistics? Something like most podcasts last about seven or eight episodes and kind of die off and never hear from again. There's thousands upon thousands of podcasts out there, and the majority of them are dead. Dead podcasts. They last maybe a season. Yeah, and and just by the grace of God and persistence and, and... grace from from all from all parties involved like we are still here oh yeah a hundred episodes in ready for 100 more oh, yeah. so i'm excited to to dive in so here's what we're doing today first of all do us a favor jump on facebook instagram twitter follow us on all social medias patreon.com slash rooted in logos pod rooted in logos pod. no slash rooted in logos just l-o-g-o-s yep, yep. right and jump on there, subscribe to that. We're going to continue to put out some some content on Patreon that is only for the few that we have on there. So thank you to those who do uh, subscribe to us. We do greatly appreciate it. It helps us kind of keep the lights on. Uh, for example, buying a new SD card yeah. today, uh, or well, this week, because it uh, went out on us again and caused some problems recording. Luckily, that is hopefully taken care of. I haven't seen the error message on the recorder yet, so that's good. But uh, So we thank you guys for that. Give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify. If you think about it, that would be great. That would really help us. We're up to 30 reviews on Apple. That's awesome. Love it. Let's get some more in there. Kind of bump us up a little bit and help us grow. Facebook has also grown a lot. We've had a lot more interactions than normal, which we love. So we thank you guys for doing that. If you're listening to the first time, please check out our other 99 episodes. Where you been? We're glad you're here. Oh, yeah. So this week, we are going to answer questions from our listeners. Oh, yeah. We got a few um, responses to our Facebook post we put out, a few messages, and we're going to focus on three questions that we got that we really liked. And um, full disclosure, uh, we had a couple come from Patreon, a couple come from Facebook, and we're just excited to get in there and just see what we got. <clears throat> did, did you read my, my wife's question? I did read your wife's question. <laughs> did um, you see my reply? I did. Uh, we are not, unfortunately, going to have a rap battle. No, no, we're not. We're definitely I not. I'm not sure who the winner will. Honestly, I think there'd just be two losers. It would. Honestly. Honestly. Like, two I don't losers. know. I, my go to would be A, either, uh, what is it? Jesus is Still All Right by DC Talk. I can do that one. Yeah. Uh, or I just throw on, throw on a Hamilton song and just rap to that. <laughs> it, and I feel like I could get in trouble for that because. You might. I'm white, <laughs> and Hamilton is not. It's fine for people. It's fine with my skin tone, as far as performing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say Hamilton was a white guy, was he? Well, yeah, but the right. play the play is amazing. By yeah. the way, went and saw it live. It's incredible. So there's no bash on Hamilton. I could recite most of Hamilton if I, if. But again, we won't do that because no one wants to hear that. And if you do, it's just because you're mean. I don't like rap, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know rap. It's fine. So. Instead, we're going to answer some questions. Sorry, Emily, to disappoint you. We, we do apologize. So let's just jump in, and here's what's going to happen. We are, again, recording on a Wednesday. We put this episode on Thursdays. So editing is not going to be top priority for me. It's fine. If it's going to be smooth tonight. It's going to be smooth. Be great. If there are any egregious errors that we say or 
noises we make that are egregious, I will get rid of those. Well, then they don't even need to know. uh, Otherwise, it's going to be a relatively unedited version. And I think it's appropriate for episode 100. And honestly, we're just going to talk about things. We, We started to discuss one of the questions... And we're like, why not just hit record? Right. Yeah, because we we've we as individuals have thought about these questions and come mm-hmm. up with some answers and some things, but we haven't actually discussed it between us. So you're going to get a pretty raw it's conversation. conversation between the two of us yeah. on these two things. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And for what it's worth, I hope we shed some light and, and some insight on it. So let's let's start with the first question. This person says, "Where is the balance point or line between practical teaching and scriptural teaching?" What I mean by this is that I lean towards practical things and teaching the practical. For example, how to build relationships and what I have learned in the process. And whenever I teach, whether formally or informally, I always do my best to make it scripturally sound and return to scripture in the teaching, but I'm not always breaking down or fleshing out scripture passages. So the balance point or the line between practical teaching and scriptural teaching we probably both have a lot of thoughts on this. Austin, kind of what's your first reaction? What are the first things that come to mind when you re- when you read this question? Yeah, um, <clears throat> great, good question. Um, my, my question back would be, what is your formal teaching? Are you pastoring? Are you an elder? Are you a deacon? Is this within a church setting? Or are you a layman? Um, is this in or outside the church, however that may be? Because I, I think it, it may differ with, with each. But but ultimately, if you are, say, a pastor versus you are just a layman outside of church, you know, sharing the gospel, whatever it may be, um, I think it's very important to have both intertwined and very, very closely mm-hmm. to the point that there is no indistinguishable line. Um, as as believers, <clears throat> um, as Bible believing believers, uh, we take Scripture as the infallible Word of God, and you, as a Christian, have absolutely no authority except that that comes from God, and by way of God, Scripture. So, as you're teaching, um, practically or scripturally, if you're teaching in a practical sense, it's going to be based off Scripture, and my answer would be if you are teaching something applicable, something that I guess you can just call Christian living, it is going to be backed up with Scripture 100% every step of the way. Um, I, great instances, just go to go to the teachings of Christ, go to the Gospels. Uh, whenever he is teaching his disciples or teaching anybody he comes into contact with, he's teaching a lot of ap- applicable stuff. Um Again, just Christian living. So, being able to to teach someone this, but also go back to Scripture and say, this is why. Again, as a parent having children, that is such a big portion of teaching. It is being able to teach them, this is what we do, but then back it up with, this is why. Right. And not just the, I told, because I told you so, so obey, but it's like, no, we do this because of this. I, I think that is very, very important. I, I agree with everything he said. And, and my first thought about this was going in a church setting and, and looking at your senior pastor and, and your, the teachings that, that your pastor is preaching from the pulpit. I am a big fan and a big proponent, and this is odd. Well, not odd, but this is interesting because I don't necessarily think I go to a church that does this 
often, but expository teaching uh, and, and expository preaching. I, I do enjoy when a pastor just goes verse by verse. I, I started at a church in Louisville that I helped uh, help plant, and they were expository to the nth degree. Yeah. Right? So we would start in a book of the Bible, and we would every single week just start at verse 1. And just go, and the pastor would determine beforehand, but go until the thought of those passages stopped. There were many instances where we spent the entire 45 minutes to an hour sermon on one verse. I have full disclosure, there were a couple times I'm like, all right, look, <laughs> we've belabored this point, and I'm, you know, it, it, it got a little repetitive at times. However, the theory and the idea behind it was great because you are giving context to the passage. You're talking about what happened before. You're talking about what ha- what's going to happen after. You're talking about what it looks like in the grand scheme of Scripture. You go through some language studies, and you you're you're learning. Like you are legitimately learning. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of churches these days is is we don't spend a lot of time learning. Yeah, we do focus a lot more on the practical. Now, look, I'm a practical person. I I, I, I come at a lot of things from a, a point of view of logic. I think if it logically makes sense, I'm happy. If it doesn't make sense logically, I find problems and I I'm uncomfortable with whatever we're talking about yeah. and whatever you know is being taught. If it doesn't make sense practically, I just don't like it. So I, I get your leanings on this. I understand why you want to make things practical. Yeah. But I think what we're missing a lot in the church itself is we're missing solid teaching. Like I want our lay people, the people out in the congregation, to come away from the sermon having gained some sort of knowledge that they didn't have before. Not just what they need to do, but knowledge. Something they didn't know before they came into the church that morning. Let's have a church that's filled with biblical scholars. Why not, right? Like, as a pastor, you might have a PhD. Why not you, why, why don't Why don't you teach like you have a PhD at times? Yeah. Or more often than you do, at least, if not all the time. So I think from the pulpit, it is important to start imparting knowledge to your to your congregation about Scripture. So let's again let's keep it in context. Let's let's do let's talk about the languages. Let's talk about the words that are being used. Let's talk about okay. Paul uses this word here. He uses it fifteen other times in his other letters. Here's what they mean. Here's why this means this. Let's actually kind of dive into it. That makes you good theologians. It makes you good apologists. It makes you better at sharing the gospel. It makes you better at defending your faith. Yeah. We're missing that. Yeah. We, as a podcast, don't do that enough, Some I don't think, sometimes. I mean, we do talk about... We go through verse by verse. I like that. I think that's valuable. I We just don't have the knowledge necessarily of the time that we could to do the language studies and to mm-hmm. talk about some of that stuff. I think that's something we could get better at as we get as oh, we yeah. move forward. And, and yeah, that's what we're doing. We're trying to get better as as we go. And yes, what what I'm liking, and so what I see is both ditches. Where we, of course, we, we like talking about both ditches. We do about the side who is so academic that it is like you're sitting through a seminary class, and it's just boring everybody. They're like, of course. I don't, I don't need to know all this. And it's like to the point, yeah. Um, the awesome part about having a pastor who is, say, a full-time pastor, that's his job. He's able to dive into these things. And be dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. And he's supposed to. That's his job. Um, and then you have the far other side, the other ditch, 
that there is no academic teaching at all. Um, it is the more of the TED Talk. You don't even say, okay, say you pick one portion of scripture out and you just talk on that scripture. You don't get the context. You don't read the verses before or after. Or, God forbid, you're just picking out a, a feel-good thing yeah. and you're just talking about it. Or you're taking a topic and trying to find a scripture to match it. Exactly. You already have a notion and a point you want to make. You just want to back it up with with scripture or try to potentially. That's or, how it's twi- twi- scripture gets right. twisted, right? Or they don't even do that or at they all. Don't, yeah, they don't like try. the whole God will never give you more than you can handle. It's like okay, back that with scripture. Well, they don't. They just say God will get, never give you more than you can handle. They point to the one verse, but don't point to anything. The else rest of it. it, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but then they go through feel good stories. They they talk about. You know, this happened to me once, or, you know, I know a guy, or just stories. It's like, that's cool, but uh, I'm, I'm coming to learn the Word of God. Again, I, I do not believe everyone needs to be a theologian. I think you should work on it. Again, look at the word theology. What is that? Theo. Study of God. What? The study of God. Study of God. But when we break it down even more... Theo being God, ology meaning study of. Within ology, you have logos. So putting it all of it together, it is the study of God through his word. So as you read scripture, you're studying God through his word. And that's what everybody needs to be doing. And that that is, to me, where this question really... That's where the point of this question is. It Everything you do teaching-wise... When it, especially from the pulpit, it has to be bathed and centered fully around Scripture, right? Sola Scriptura. Scripture yeah. alone is how we learn to interact with God. It's yeah. how we learn about Him. It's how we learn His character. It's how we learn His desires for us. Yeah. And my thing is, if, if you're t- teaching, but you're not backing it with Scripture, you have no authority. Again, authority comes from God in His Word. So if you're teaching, there really, there's no point to it. Nobody has to listen to you. I mean, nobody has to listen to you anyway. <laughs> right. But the authority and the power that you're speaking with, is it yours or is it God's? And if you're using his word, it's God's. So I think, too, with preaching from the, from, from scripture and from it a, a scriptural viewpoint, as far as imparting knowledge, there should always be an element of application to it. Right. At the end, I mean, even if it's kind of simple, even if it is just at the end of your message or at the end of the teaching, you say, okay, now what? Like, what do we do with this? Because of all this that we have learned, because of what this passage says, because of what this book says, what do we do with it? What? How do we practically apply it to our lives? So then I think of, okay, when when is it appropriate to focus on more practical application? I think a lot of that is done on a... in a small group setting in your, in your private Bible studies, you know, in your private time with, with God and and in his word with your spouses, you know, even, even conversations with your pastors outside of the pulpit setting. Right. That's where a lot of, to me, a lot of the application really starts coming into play on a deeper level. I think every sermon needs to have, okay, so now what do we do with this? Right. But when you start, when you, I think what he's asking, when does it get more into the practical side? And I think that comes from your Bible studies, your Sunday schools, your small group discussions, your iron sharpening iron moments where, I mean, I, I, you know, our church is big into, and a lot of churches become big into the three thirds movement 
and, and we're not going to get into like all of that and what that means. We actually have an episode on it. Uh, Atticus talked about it for one of his episodes, but we're not going to get into all that because I think there are some things there that are applicable, some things that are maybe aren't my favorite. But what I do like about it is that they do want to focus on, okay, let's talk about a particular passage. Let's see what does it tell us about God and what do we do with it. Yeah. I think that's important. Oh, yeah. I think that is big. And that's a good setting to do that in, in a small group setting. So, yes, the pastor. You teach scripture. You you, you impart knowledge and you impart wisdom. And you do some application. That's that's absolutely the right way to do it. But when you start getting into your own personal studies and you start getting into small groups and outside of the pulpit, that's when you really start honing in on the application. Yeah. You yeah. can't eat one meal a week. Right. And well, be satisfied, right? This is right. why I like <clears throat> I like Matthew Henry so much. <clears throat> he, I mean, he he preached. He was a pastor and um, a theologian. I mean, just read through his commentaries. Great stuff. His books. But he also led two Bible studies throughout the week. One for men and one for women. And he he would preach on Sundays, and then he would go through the week and continue. And I I think a good pastor will will do that. Like Brett said, they're going through Scripture, they're teaching knowledge. Again, what does Proverbs one seven says? It says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction." So your pastor is instructing you through the Word of God, but he's also your shepherd. What do shepherds do? They come alongside you and nudge you if need be with with the staff, uh, smack you upside the head if need be. Um, but also encourage you. And so there, there is the application there. Literally, that's the application. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, definitely very important to not fall on either ditches, but stay in the middle. The middle being application and scripture go hand in hand. You, you can't have one without the other, without the authority of God. So, yeah. All right. So I think that, I hope that answers that question in a somewhat clear sense, right? I mean, it, it is a good discussion to have. Like, where is the balance? And, and what is life but a li- life... Uh, huh. What is life but balance? It's finding balances in things, right? It's, it's... I think it's the same way with our spiritual lives. It's finding that balance of... And I think this it leads right into the next question. It finds the balance of being... Living in this world but not being of this world. Right. Right? Yeah. We hear that saying a lot. What does that mean? So let's go to our next question. It says, in your opinion, on an individual basis, what does it look like to live in and live out of the world? Word. Huh? The word. Oh, he says word? Yeah. Boy, I have read <laughs> world. The in- Every time oh. I've read this past or, or this question, I've read the word world. <laughs> Every single time, I kid you not, every single time. That would change the whole question. It changes the entire question. I was on a completely different track. I was looking up John 15, being in the world, not of it. Like, I was, you know, I was ready to go that route. Okay, so Austin, why don't you read the next question and we'll start talking about it. Yes, so next question. Every time I read it. (laughs) Next question. In your opinion, on an individual basis... What does it look like to live in and live out the word? So I attempt, although I fail often, amen, brother, Mm -hmm. uh, same here, (laughs) or sister, uh, to center everything I do around Christ and scripture. I read the Bible and listen to podcasts when I can, 
but I am not always mindful of God. Meaning that when I'm building a deck or repairing something, I am not also thinking, what would Jesus do? Or listening to the Lord's answer or guidance. My wife and I always pray about big and small things, but I wonder a lot, what does it look like to fully 100% embody and live in Christ on a more day-to-day moment by moment time frame? I'm not trying to discount or read what Jesus did and follow his example because this is our ultimate example. I am just curious on your viewpoints on what this looks like. <laughs> Excellent question. And it makes a lot more sense now that it's word, not world. Exactly. <clears throat> so, every time. I, I mean, I j- literally just what, what he's, the, the question said of, you know, yes, we see this with Christ. You're, go read the, the life of Christ and you can see what it looks like to truly live out our faith. Um, emulate Christ as, as Paul would say. Um, but you know, this is such a hard thing, such a hard thing. Um, how do you fully in your mind rely on God 100% of the time? How do you have, as I guess we could say perfect faith, which spoiler alert, nobody has. (laughs) Um, some of us only have a a mustard seed of faith. That's scriptural. Um, but for me, it, it all goes back to, we've talked about it before, the word avodah. It, it is a Hebrew word that, uh, the root word for avodah means three different words. It means work, worship, and service. When God told Moses to go speak to Pharaoh, he says, let my son or let my people go so that they may serve me. And that's avodah. Um, in Genesis, when... God is like, there's no one here to work the ground. The word is avoda. Um, oh goodness, I'm trying to think of a third one. Work, worship, service. Anyway, uh, to to have that in your mind with everything. Like you said, uh, going to build a deck or repair something. Through your work, you were worshiping God. Whenever you are serving somebody, either you could be a waiter or you could just be helping somebody whatever it may be, through your service, you are worshiping and working for God. Um, but but it is hard. It is hard to have that mindset 100% of the time all day long, especially even just at your workspace. You know, I, I deal with going uh, door-to-door a lot of times, speaking to customers, and having that in mind, having in mind that I'm speaking to an image-bearer of God, um, sometimes some, I lose that. I lose that and I just start talking to people like they're people and not disrespectfully or anything, but truly resting on Christ and his word. It, it's hard. It is very hard. I, I don't think it is possible or, or, or realistic to... Well, I don't know how to say this um, without sounding... Terrible like, to do it one hundred percent of the time. It's definitely not able. You're definitely not going to do it one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like that, that, like you said, there's no per, no one has perfect faith. It, it's besides Jesus. Besides Jesus, yeah. And, and yeah. it's it's why I think there's a danger a lot of times in saying I'm trying to seek God's will for my next job move. It's mm-hmm. why I'm trying I'm trying to seek God's will. God, I need God to tell me what to do when it comes to this, that, and the other. 
And I think there are some decisions that God has said, okay, th- job A versus job B, there's nothing moral, morally different about job A and job B for the most part, right? Like, I mean, let's just take out the jobs that are morally reprehensible. Right. But right. your normal job A, job B, should I work at Chase Bank? Should I work at South Harrison Bank, right? Like, which bank should I go work in? I got a job offer for both. I'm not necessarily sure God is going to necessarily just whisper in your ear, okay, go work at South Harrison or go work in Chase. Like, you're going to make that decision with the mindset of, okay, wherever I end up, I'm going to do my best because that's what God wants me to do. Yeah. And, And so we can't get hung up on all these minute details that, I mean, don't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is your approach to these situations. What matters is that you are going into this and you're saying, my faith, my belief in God, my, my relationship with him dictates that no matter where I work, no matter what I'm doing, I am going to do my best. I'm going to do it for his glory. And I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. That's scriptural, right? Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Yeah. Or do it as unto Christ. So I, I do think that is something you can take comfort in is that some of these day-to-day decisions don't necessarily require God's whisper in your ear, right? It, it, I mean, Austin, what do you think on that? No, it – yeah, it's I, – I don't know because I don't think – like I said, I just don't think when you go to Walmart buying ham A versus ham B necessarily requires God to whisper in your ear, hey, buy ham A. Right. Well <laughs> – Okay, let's back up a little bit. Okay, what do we believe? We believe Scripture is the Word of God. Um, we, Brad and I, we believe that, yes, God can come to you and, and speak to you, as he spoke to the prophets, yes. But Hebrews one one tells us that he no longer speaks to us that way. He, he doesn't speak to us through the prophets to our fathers anymore. He speaks to us through his Son. Well, how do we speak? How does he speak to us through his Son? By the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. But but even then, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to the Word of God. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. the Holy Spirit saying, hey, why don't you read this? A- again, <laughs> be- believing that God can do whatever he wants to do. But based on Scripture, it's God is going to speak to you through his Word, which he has laid out already. He- he's not going to come to you and say X, Y, Z, and you're going to hear it through through your ear or your mind or whatever. That That's that's not how it works anymore. Um, so ju- just what he was saying of, being in the Word, praying. I love it. Hearing that you're praying with your wife all the time. That is yeah. such an awesome thing. Um, it's a two-way conversation. You are praying. You are talking to God. You are reading His Word. You're He's listening to, you. to Him. Exactly. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, What what is His job? What is His role in your life? It's to convict, right? It's to convict of sin. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing is He's convicting you of sin. And so, yeah, when you slam your, you know, working on your deck and you, you hit your thumb with the hammer and you let out a word... Holy Spirit might come in and be like, hey. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Right? Right. That's the Holy Spirit doing it. Not necessarily micromanaging you saying, okay, hit the hair, hit the nail four times. Right. or do, You're doing it for his glory. You're doing it because you're going to do it to the best of your ability. Right. That's glorifying God. Yeah. Your intentions and your motives are to glorify and honor him. That's what's going to honor him in these situations. And And what we also see is he inclines us, right? Through through the Holy Spirit, He inclines us in certain situations. I, again, he will. praying for discernment, but also the big 
portion of the Holy Spirit is First um, Corinthians chapter two, talking about we get understanding of Scripture by way of the Holy Spirit. Uh, people that do not have the Holy Spirit, they do not read Scripture the same way we do. Um, going back to, I, I believe it's Romans and whatnot, uh, Paul is talking about a veil, a veil that has been covered over um, the the Jews. They're, they're reading the law with a veil and they don't understand it. But once the veil has been lifted, once you have the Holy Spirit, then you start understanding these things. So yeah, it, it very important. Yeah. So... I think living in the world, in the word, in living <laughs> in the word, I mean, it, it is making sure that, that studying scripture is a priority for you. Doesn't mean you have to live in a monastery and that's all you do. If, if, if that is what the Holy Spirit leads you to do, because I do believe, like you said, the Holy Spirit inclines, Holy Spirit leads, you have passions for a reason. You have interests for a reason, right? You are interested in certain things. I believe that God has given you those interests. God has given you the ability to enjoy things on this earth. And as long as you're doing it with and keeping it in its proper perspective, those are good things. Being, keeping scripture a priority, keeping prayer a priority, keeping that line of communication open between you and God and God and you, right? Doing those things. And I think you're, you're going to know the right, the, the right things to do. You're, you're going to live in a way that is worthy of the gospel. When you stay focused on making time for scripture and making him a priority and making prayer a priority. So second part of it is the stereotypical question. What would Jesus do? What was that? Was it in the nineties or the totally, totally nineties. Yeah. That was a nineties thing. Yeah. What would Jesus do? How many of those braces could you put on your arm at once? I never owned one. I own like 30. (laughs) Every color you can imagine. Yeah. Well, in, and I, yeah, this was such a big thing. But again, we know what Jesus would do. We scripture, go to scripture, read the life of Christ. Um, it shows you exactly what he does. Uh, even just look at the way he uses anger, and he flips tables, but he doesn't sin in his anger. Um, so even just going to, you're building a deck. What would Jesus do in that situation? I, I think it's kind of arbitrary to, to ask that question. It's just, what would he glorify would, he would God? He build a deck. It is what would glorify God. <laughs> he was a carpenter, after all, by trade, right? There you I'm go. Sure he built plenty of decks, or yep. the Jewish equivalent of decks of that time. Yeah. Did they have right. decks? Maybe. Platforms. <laughs> the but, Passion of the Christ, in the movie, he built a table for us. There you go. I love Jim Caviezel. Anyway, <laughs> rabbit trail. I, I think the more appropriate question is, will this gl- give glory to God? And if you can effectively, effectively say yes, then you do it. And and to, to, again, it's habit. It is getting in the mindset to do these things. If, if you're not doing them all the time, then it's going to be very hard to establish that habit. Um. One of the things that I do to kind of help me get in that mindset every morning, um, I'm, a, I'm a tree trimmer, so I, I have a pair of high uh, calf boots. And what I do is I put extra long shoestrings or boot strings on them. They're 25 feet long on each boot. And you think, that's well, that's absurd. Well, it is absurd. There's a point <laughs> to it, though. Um, <clears throat> one, 
it's paracord, hundred or a thousand pound strength. So just in case, but no, the real point of it is every morning when I get up and I put my boots on, each lace is twenty five feet long. As I am wrapping it around the top of my boot, that is time where it 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 automatically clicks with my mind of I am attacking this day. I'm taking dominion over the earth as the first commission tells us to, but I'm doing it for the glory of God. And therefore, as I'm lacing up the next boot, then I begin my day with prayer. And so if, if that helps you any to, to be able to start your day off the right way, um, if you start the word with scripture even better, yeah. but it is, Starting your day with the mindset of everything I do today will be for the glory of God. Now, with that being said, it's still hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's not I, lo- I lose sight of that all the time, all the time throughout the day. And I hate I hate the term, we're only human. It's only human thing <laughs> because it's just an excuse. I hate excuses. Um, but no, you're as a, as a believer, you're, son you're sons of the king. As daughters, you're daughters of the king. So act accordingly. I, th- I think that is very important. It, it is important. important. <laughs> and it is. It's to fully 100% embody and live in Christ. This side of heaven, we're not going to do. I mean, not, not to be a downer, but this side of heaven, we're not going to do. And so what I, what I do want to caution you here in this is to make sure you, you have grace. Have grace for yourself, have grace for those around you, have grace for your spouse, because he has grace on us, right? We're going to mess up, we're going to fail. Does it give us an excuse or does it give us a right to? Does not say, you know, like Paul says, do we continue sinning so grace can abound even more? No, dummies, like that's not what we're doing here. (laughs) Right. But, yes, we do mess up and we're going to mess up. And there's going to be moments where we do lose sight of that daily, right? I mean, look, look at a... Just take a normal work day for you and think about how many times where you're like, ah, this guy. <laughs> or, right, yeah. oh, this coworker, or oh, this person in traffic. And you just, you lose sight of, of who they are, who you are, who God is in those moments. And, and so give yourself some grace. Don't beat yourself up over the mistakes you make. I, I want you to feel conviction. I want you to be heartbroken over your sin. I want you to, to be devastated by your sin. Not because it's unforgivable, but because of you're disappointing your father. Right. Right. And also understanding that as your father hopefully did to you when you messed up and you disobeyed. Okay. Here's a consequence. I love you. It's okay. Let's move forward. And and, I mean, just to brag on Austin for a minute, just the level of grace that he shows even to people that aren't his blood family is astounding. I mean, it really is. It, it's some, something to be emulated. Something to be to be, um, oh, something to strive towards. The the level of grace that he has with people who don't necessarily deserve it, who have wronged him in some way. I, I've seen it. I've I've messed up and and had to come to him and apologize. And and legitimately, after it, after we talk about it, after that that conversation takes place, I apologize. He forgives. We haven't talked about it since. Like, it's over. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Like, I don't think he holds on to it. Same with other people that I've seen interact with him. Like, 
that's what I'm talking about. That is living out your faith. That is saying, hey, I've had to take a step back of, especially someone at work, where I'm like, I have been mad at you for two weeks. I should, I gotta let this go. And, and I got. I, I have to, because it eats away at me, but it's also not Christ-like. Mm. I messed up too. I've messed up and, you know, caused him grief in the workplace before, yeah. right? Yeah. And have grace. Yeah. Have grace for yourself. Have grace for other people. Because that's important in this. Because I, 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 what I read a little bit subtextually in this, in this, in this question is maybe there's a little bit of, he kind of gives himself a hard time for this or struggles mm. with maybe not forgiving himself for his mess ups. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe I'm reading into it. Or maybe you just, someone else just needs to hear that. But like, yeah. you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. I, I needed to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and yes, again, I'm not taking away the importance of conviction. Right. I'm not taking away the importance of being broken over your sin because you need to be. Right. Because well, that's why he died. What does Paul say? Go, keep on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. Yeah. But understanding, too, that it's going to happen. Yeah. And you, you got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep moving forward. Well, the cool part is God already did that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't need, The whole picking yourself up, dusting yourself off is like, well, Jesus did that. It's called the cross. Yeah. He pick, picked you up. Okay, let him off. pick you up and dust exactly, you off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and he says I I have made you perfect. And again, so we're being just justified or sanctified, sanctified. sanctified. We're being no, we've been justified. We're being sanctified. So this is the process of sanctification. Exactly. You mess up, you go to the foot of the cross, you repent, you confess. And then he he's faithful to forgive. He's faithful to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. And and like we've said so many times with with the goofy examples of pushing Carter down the stairs or kicking puppies, like yes, unrepentant sin or habitual sin that like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry but I did it again two minutes later. Right. Like there is an issue there. That's something we need to talk about. Right. But when it comes to just those everyday moments where you don't you forget whose you are, you forget whose image other people bear, other people bear. Yeah, you're, you're going to have those moments, and, and, and that's not okay, but yeah. it's okay, <laughs> right? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 One, of the, one of the best examples I've heard of that is, uh, okay, you have a father and a son. They're, they're at this lake or whatever. Say they're down in the bush in Australia, right? They got crocodiles everywhere. And, I, <laughs> and uh, okay, so the father looks at the son and says, hey, don't go into the water. There's there's crocodiles in there. Don't don't go in there. It's dangerous. Uh, I'm gonna go over here and do this thing. So the father goes over there, does this thing, and the kid's looking out at the water and he's like, oh, I don't see any crocodiles. Ah, it'll be fine. <laughs> so he goes out into the water. <clears throat> well, the father sees him. He runs runs out there, and crocodiles are swarming him. Well, like the kid goes blank, doesn't remember a thing. All he remembers is he's back on the the shore, and he looks at his father, and his father is marred everywhere. Just absolutely marred head to toe. And the the father is like, I, I told you don't do that. Don't do this. Um, don't, basically, don't do it again. So now, herein lies the rub. <clears throat> are you going to be the son who sees just what it took to save you out of that crocodile infested water 
and not go back into it? Or are you going to see what it took and be like, well, actually, well, it didn't really do anything to me. So <laughs> right. apparently I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. And you go back into it. Yeah. That's the point. That's the unrepented sin versus the repentant sin. It is, I see what my sin did to Christ. I have read what it did to him. I believe. Why? Because I believe God and I believe his word to be true. I am not going to do that thing again. You repent, you confess, you're done. You turn away, you you move on. Versus the unrepentant of, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what it did to him. Uh, I like the way it makes me feel. The water felt great. Well, sure, it Very felt comfort. great. Very comfortable. Until the end of the age, and then you realize, <laughs> yeah. A little, little warm. A little warm at the end of the very, age. Very, very warm. warm. <laughs> turned out not to be water at all. It's fine. <laughs> but no. Yeah, it, it it is. It's, I don't know. It's just... You have to, you have to be bathed in scripture. Yeah, I mean that's what it boils down to. You you have to take make sure that is a priority in your life, is cultivating that relationship. You, you I mentioned the, the very briefly in passing that you can't eat one meal a week and be healthy, it, it, like physically healthy yeah. in one on one meal a week. It's the same way spiritually, you yeah. can't go to church one Sunday a uh, one day a week one Sunday. <laughs> you can't go to church on Sunday and that's the only meal you have. Yep. The only spiritual meal you have. It's just not going to work. You're going to become anemic. Yep. You're going to become emaciated. You're not going to survive. You're going to die. You're going to spiritually die. Yeah. You need to be con- consistently in the word, iron sharpening iron, cutting your teeth with other believers. You know, it doesn't mean that every single moment of every single day has to be this ultra spiritual moment. Right. I don't even think <clears throat> it was for Jesus, if I'm being honest. Like, you, you look through the past, I mean, they're... First of all, there's 30, what, 32 and a half years of, of his life that we don't see, right? I mean, do you think that he was just walking around going, ah, angels all the time? No. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, he was he was a carpenter, right? Like, he was learning a trade. He was, he was but yes, his mind was still on God and on his mission. And, and we, we would, I, I think we can infer that he was still perfect and sinless. <laughs> Not, we can't. He like, was perfect and sinless. He is perfect. And yeah, sinless. like he yeah. is, and and even through those years we don't see in scripture, he he is perfect and sinless. But he was also a, a human. He 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 ate food, right? What? He went to the bathroom, right? He. The only difference is he didn't sin, right? Of course, that's a major difference. Major. But again, I, I say that to say this. He was bathed in scripture. He he was bathed in God's word. He was God's word. He is God's word. Make that a priority. Understand that yes, you're not going to be perfect, but your your goal is to be more and more like him and to gain a deeper understanding of of, of what his will is for your life and and how you're to live. Yeah. So, uh, an, another portion to that, uh the the whole point of and I think Brad's talking about is, you know, the being super spiritual 100% of the time. And you can't. Um, there, There's a Hebrew um, term or phrase. We actually went through it in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, talking about widows. And chapter 5, verse 5. Um, Has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. We also see through scripture where it says, pray without ceasing. Well, this is a Hebrew term, um, a Jewish term, that doesn't does not actually necessarily mean praying 
100% of the time, all through the night, all through the day. It's praying both night and day. And what that means applicably is you're going throughout your day, and what what is one of the reasons, one of the big main reasons for fasting? Well, one of the big reasons is you fast so that every time you get hungry, or it's reminding you, man, I'm really hungry, I really want something to eat, that is supposed to be your trigger and your reminder to pray to God. Right. Lord God, sustain me. Right. Sustain me, Lord, and pray. Um, it's the same mindset throughout your day, throughout the evening, whenever you're awake, whenever you are reminded of him, you pray. Um, one of the things I like to do is, I when I start my day out, I don't say amen at the end of my, my prayer. Granted, it's not an end. Amen is just a term that means his will be done. Right. Which, it, it's fine if you, you do that. Uh, but, but in our culture, that's what it is, right? Exactly, it's culture, an ending. It's kind of an ending to it. It yeah. is, like Christ says, you know, take this cup for me, but nevertheless, your will be done. Amen. That's the point. Right. Um, but you start your day out with prayer. Don't end the prayer. And it is. It is. It took me a long time to get over that because I'm like, this feels weird. Like <laughs> I'm just stopping. You're, you're, you're like you're talking to somebody and then you just turn away and leave and don't say anything. Right. Well, the point is, you're in the presence of God all day long. You're not leaving Him and He's not leaving you. So it's like if you're working with someone all day long, you're working with a buddy at work, whatever it may be. You show up and you say hi. But when you turn away to go do something, meanwhile, he's still there. You don't say goodbye. He's still there. Still there. So it's you enter the building, the the throne room. You're saying, hello, my father. Here I am. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And then you go into your day. And then as you go go out through your day, it's like, again, your, your friend is there, your older brother. God the Father is standing right there next to you. You need help. You turn to him and say, hey, I need help with this. Or something really cool happened. You turn and say, dude, th- God, don't say dude. Sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Don't don't call God dude. Um, irreverent. <laughs> but no, it's look, God, thank you for that. I think that really helps put things into perspective as well. Go into the day. Prayer. Prayer. Don't end the conversation. Have the conversation go all day long and then when you lay your head down to sleep i mean technically you're still there in the throne room with god because god's there with you but then consciously you're like god thank you for this day thank you for sustaining me and bringing me through another season of my life amen yet your will be done you go to sleep and i I believe that is that that's how it's a great yeah no that's awesome because it does it keeps it keeps things kind of in the forefront of your mind it it you know, yes, you're trimming trees. Yes, you're. I'm writing orders. Yes, whatever this, you know, whatever he's doing, you know, building his deck. Like he's doing things that are quote unquote mundane or everyday or or whatever. But mm. but he's still got his mind kind of centered. And and when, like you said, when you feel that pain of hunger or when something kind of triggers your memory or your thoughts about God. Oh man, thank you for that. that that's incredible. Yeah. Or. I, I pray for this person. I hope whatever's happened, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, you pray for, you see an ambulance go by and you're reminded, okay, let's pray for whatever's happening. Yeah. That's causing that situation to take place. Yeah. So another one, I just, my mind's going there of, okay. Looking at the ministry of people. Okay. What is, especially in the church, what is the big thing? 
everyone wants to be a missionary, or practically everybody wants to be a missionary. Um, I mean, it sounds awesome. You go to a different country, you get to travel, you go get to... Wow. <laughs> you get to go to a different country, you get to talk to all kinds of different people, and you get to share the gospel. What an awesome thing to do. Um, this, this is a part that, that irks me. This is one of my pet peeves of in the church, people telling people you have to get into the ministry. If you actually want to serve God, you have to be in the ministry. You have to be a missionary. You have to be doing all these other things. Your ministry is your life, your everyday everyday actions. You work at a construction job. That is literally, that's your ministry. That's the whole point of Avoda, work, worship, and service. I work in the tree business. I want to get out of the tree business and do something else. That'll be my ministry. I do not have to pick up and go over to Africa or Pakistan or Australia or Europe, anywhere else to do the will of God. Why? God said, go into the world and and share the gospel. That's what you do. That's what you're supposed to be doing every day, everywhere you are. Now, praise God for the people that are able to, we have friends, a married couple, they get to do some awesome stuff. Yeah, amazing they, things. Getting to go all over the world and reach people and praise God. Um, because we need those people. We do. Absolutely. And there are people who are specifically called yes. to that. That's it. They are they are called to it. It is a calling. Just like we go back to the qualifications for 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 pastors and elders. That is a calling. Not everybody is called to be a pastor and an elder. It's just not that's not applicable. That's that's not that's not right. We are all called to be sons and daughters of God, all of us believers because we are. Um it's it's the same it's the illustration that Paul uses multiple times in scripture about being a body of believers. Yes. The actual, you know, metaphor calling us a body. Yes. Ears don't want to be eyes. Ears don't need to be noses. Eyes don't need to be feet. Feet don't need to be legs. Like, we all need these parts doing our own thing to function as one body. And don't don't let the feet convince the, the finger that he needs to be a foot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that's that's awesome. And can, can I just say, too, on the, on the missions thing, um, it is very, very easy, very easy to go share the gospel in another country with people you will never see again. It's tr- it is true. really difficult to share the gospel with your neighbor that you see three times a week. It is very difficult to share the gospel with your boss that you see every day. Yeah. It, it, that, is, that is difficult. That is your mission field, is, is your day-to-day, like Austin said, your day-to-day life. I'm not discounting a short-term mission trip. Don't get me wrong. I, I think if you ha- ever have the opportunity to go, to go to Haiti, to go to Dominican Republic, to go to these places that are impoverished, and, and to see that sort of thing, I do think it gives you perspective. I think oh, yeah. it gives you a very valuable experience. But if you don't do anything with it when you get back, then what was the point, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You, you know, I, I'm considering a, a trip this this winter potentially, and if Amazing if I can go, but and I'm sure it'll be an amazing experience, and I'll come back changed in some way. But again, what do I do with that change, right? Like, does right. it make me live differently mm. two weeks from when I get back? Right. Right? Yeah. If it doesn't, then what did I do? Like, I went, and yeah, maybe I made some kids laugh, or maybe they enjoyed me being there. Right. 
maybe I helped build something. Right. Probably don't want me to do that, but maybe I did. <laughs> you, you supervised. Supervised. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I did some good there, but, like, ultimately, what was the purpose if, if I don't come back and do something different here? I think this leads into our third question. I don't third know if question. you did that purposefully, but I think it works we'll go fantastically. <laughs> yeah. Third question. What is your take on the saying, be driven by emotion, but ruled by reason? Mm. This good question. Um, what does scripture say? Again, go, going to scripture for everything. What does scripture say? Uh, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 Whoever trusts his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Also, Scripture talks about the heart of man is is wicked. Mm-hmm. The heart of man is wicked. Um, what are emotions? Well, emotions are a gift from God. 100%. L- look at the life of Christ. If you want to see how emotion is used correctly, look at his life. Look at you anger. See all, you, you see, see all, all of the it. emotions with him. Yeah. You see him weeping. You see him crying. You see him happy. You see him angry. You see all of the emotions that is God given. You see him a little frustrated. Right. Not even just angry. Just a little bit like, I'm a little annoyed with you right now. Like, you see that when you, especially talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, you see some annoyance. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, not quite full-blown anger, rage, but like, you're kind of getting on my nerves right now. Right. Well, and then Paul says, he says, be angry. Paul says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. So, let ha, read the question one more time. Be driven by emotion, but ruled by reason. Mm. Do not be driven by your emotion. I think this leads into self-control. You are to be self-controlled in your emotions. You need to be able... To look at your anger, keep it in check, and not sin. You need to be able to to, to cry sometimes. I mean, weep with those who weep. Um, rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, that is so important. But do not be ruled by it. Um, keep, keep it under subjection and be self-controlled. What's the next part? I don't know why I, I keep forgetting it. <laughs> uh, driven by emotion, ruled by reason. Ruled by reason. So, with the ruled by reason, um, okay, what is reason? Uh, we go back to logos, logic, logic and reason. True logic and reason comes from God. So, to be able to reason through things is, is excellent, but to be ruled by it, again, what are we supposed to be ruled by? We're ruled by Christ. Right? He is our king, our, the sovereign king, and we are to do all things for the glory of God. Um. So I, I think the term is a little ambi- ambi- ambiguous. Ambiguous. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, um, let's look, I mean, let's look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. three verses one through eight. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, to embrace, to refrain from embracing, to seek, to lose, to keep, to cast away, to, to tear and to sow, to keep silence, and a time to speak, to love, to hate, war, peace. Mm. Like, if we are driven solely by emotion, 
we we lose this. Yes. We lose perspective, and, and we 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 lose. You know, you talk about in the New Testament where Paul talks about being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yes, yeah. That's what happens. I think those who have been driven by emotion has what's led to the rise of progressive Christianity and the yep. rise of deconstruction in our churches. Right. Because they are driven by emotion because there are some things in Scripture that we just don't like. Yep. There are things in Scripture that, look, do I like that I have to keep my eyes from wandering? Not really. Because <laughs> guess what? I enjoy some of the things I see. Right? Yep. I enjoy those things. Yeah. But would I rather... Let me put it this way. Would I like to ignore that part? Emotionally, would mm-hmm. I like to ignore that part of, of Scripture where I, I shouldn't lust after somebody? Yeah, of course I would like to. Emotionally, I'd like to ignore that. Right. Because I enjoy what I see. And, and you know, but you, you can't be driven by that. When you're driven by emotions, at least, at least the way I understand this question and understand that phrase, driven by emotions, you're not going to think rationally. Right. You're not going to think in a, in a way that is pleasing to God because you're going to be driven by your wicked heart. Right. And and you're going to lose sight of Ecclesiastes 3, that there's a time for everything. I mean, there, 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 is, a, there is a time to be sad and to mourn, but also a time to be, la- to be joyful and to laugh and to enjoy life. When you're driven by your emotions, you lose sight of that. You lose sight right. of that nuance. You lose sight of the right. balance. You end up in the ditches, Right. I think. Well, and so emotions leads to feelings. Um, how does this first make you feel exactly yeah and we've talked about this before of you read a portion of scripture and it's telling you to do something okay I I, I guess this goes to logic and reason right so you read a portion of scripture it tells you to do something are you going to look at it from the perspective of oh well I don't actually feel convicted I don't feel anything I don't feel like God is actually telling me to do anything sure it's telling someone to do something versus you look at it logically and look at it. Okay. Scripture has told me to do this. I don't feel like I need to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you were being ruled by your emotions and your feelings, you would go strictly to the, I don't feel like I have to do anything. So I'm not versus being able to look at it from the standpoint. It is the word of God. And it's like, okay, God is telling me to do this. All right, I'll do it. I understand, I think, too, what he is saying. I do think he's talking about a balance yeah. here. Because, you know, emotions are a gift from God, and they're a good thing, and they're they are. They're, they're wonderful when, when used in the context of how they're supposed to be used. Yes. <laughs> Their emotions are great. Who doesn't enjoy a good laugh? Who doesn't enjoy... You know, a walk in the park that just calms you down and may, you know, and, and helps kind of remind you of creation. Of yes. course, absolutely, we enjoy that. And and who doesn't grieve when the loved one is lost? Yeah, like absolutely, emotions are appropriate. But I just, I think you have to be careful with that term "driven by emotion." Yeah, that's what I don't like about that phrase. Yeah, is driven by emotion, ruled by reason. I can handle that because I like logic, and I think there's reason behind living your life based on scripture. Yeah. And I'm I'm there. Yeah. I'm with it. What is the rule when a big emotional event happens in your life? Hmm. What's the rule? Depending on the thing that happens. Don't make any what? Big hmm. life changes. Yeah. Don't make any right large after. spending. Yeah. 
right after something happens. Don't write the text and send it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether whether it's out of anger, right? Whether someone makes you mad and you got like you said, you got that text, you're just ready to fire off that email or that text and yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe okay, type it. Don't hit that send button. Yeah. Go back and read it after you calm down. Yeah. You know, we talk about, you know, you're losing a loved one. Let's say you you know, you lose your spouse. Don't go sell your house immediately. Right? Don't pack up and leave. Like, take time to process those emotions and to be ruled by, you know, ruled by reason. Like, let let your emotions calm down and then make those decisions. Yeah. For me, uh, so hitting home here of this all goes back to self-control and being sober-minded. There is a reason why this is so heavy throughout the scriptures, but especially looking at the New Testament of being sober-minded and self-controlled. If you are a believer who is self-controlled, your emotions are under control in the way that they're supposed to be. And to the point where, say, something like this happens, and most people, okay, say, uh, uh, say your wife is caught in adultery, okay? Um, most men's reaction, uh, that's why we have a term in the justice system, it's called crime of passion crime of passion yeah you murder the dude that is sleeping with your with your wife and it's not considered first degree murder it's a crime of passion or you, you murder your wife and the guy or whatever that may be right um okay say not that extreme say you take the extreme of okay now you're divorced and you're, you just get rid of everything sell everything throw everything away you don't want anything to do with anything um <clears throat> not being ruled by the emotion not letting it drive you being self-controlled and being sober-minded to be able to take a step back and saying, okay, I know what my flesh wants to do right now. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at things through reason. I'm going to look at things through scripture and through prayer. And then, instead of being ruled by reason and logic, you're going to go to the foot of the cross and you're going to go to the king and say, God, what do I do? So I think a better way that we can say this would be something to the effect of let your emotions Always drive you to the cross and let the cross and the Holy Spirit and the word of God direct you moving forward. Yeah. I don't, that, that's a way longer way to say, to say that it's not very pithy. Right. But like, I, I think that's the balance, right? That's the balance is, is your emotions lead you to the cross. Yeah. Whether you're sad, happy, angry, wh- whatever the case may be. Yeah. It leads you to the cross, whether that's out of thankfulness because you're happy and things are going well, whether that's out of grief because you're mourning mm. something, you're mourning a loss of some sort, whether, I mean, that could be a, a loss of, 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 a, of a loved one. Yeah. It could be the loss of a house. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the yeah. loss of anything. That leads you to the cross yeah. and saying, I need, I need the comforter. I need the, 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 I need my comforter Yeah, here. Yeah. I need Yahweh. Yeah, to, you, are to, you to crying out in, in joy, yelling "Abba, Father," yeah. or are you yelling out in in grief, "Abba, Father"? Or you're or you're angry, yeah. and and you go to the foot of the cross and say, "Lord, help me deal with this anger to where I don't sin." Mm. So yes, you have emotions. So let your emotions, if you're going to be led by your emotions, let those emotions lead you to the cross, yeah. and then let the Holy Spirit, through the Word, through the logic of the Word, through the reason of the Word. Let that direct you. And, and, and he will you give you the direction. answer. He will. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
fear not necessarily meaning trembling fear, although that I do think that's part of it is yeah. is you're in front of the Almighty God. But the fear of, of like the awe and the respect and the devotion that you show to him. Yeah. That kind of fear. That fear, the awe and the respect and, and just the understanding who he is and who you're not. Mm. That's the beginning of wisdom. So that's the beginning of reason. That's the beginning of logic. That's the beginning yeah. of uh, of knowing how to handle your emotions. Yeah. Um, well, and what does James say? It says, if you ask for wisdom, he will give it abundantly. I ask for wisdom every day, all day long, being like, all right, Lord, you're willing and, and I know you're able. I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for it. Man, I need it. I'm dumb. No, we are so dumb. dumb. All right. Well, yeah. But thank you guys for the questions. That yeah. that was very cool. Kind of a cool thing just for Brad and I to be able to. to and talk it was. About it was things. legitimately. I think you could probably tell based on some of the ramblings. We didn't actually prepare by talking to each other about this first. Nope. We just kind of wanted to riff off each other and have this be as natural as possible. I yep. mean, this is what you know we would do just sitting in his yard, just shooting the breeze about right. stuff, and we just talk. And uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight as to who we are and and what we're about. But so honestly, though, a hundred episodes. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it. it Thank you, Lord. I, I I do think, you know, we've said before we would do this if even if one person downloaded it. Mm. I'm not sure I would record it and edit it if only one person downloaded it. To be completely honest with you, I think Austin and I would just get together and do this <laughs> in that sense. But but honestly, though, like legitimately, our numbers are so consistent. We have this a very similar amount of downloads each week and each episode, and, and thank you for that. Like that's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's cool because why did we start this? We started because our our pastor came to us and said, "Hey, I want you guys to you know lead a Bible study." Brad and I are like, "Man, we got no time through the week to do that." And then Brad comes to me, he's like, "Do you want if we once we start a podcast, we can do the Bible study on the podcast, and whoever wants to listen can do it." Yeah. And I had so much reservations because I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast, man. I don't, I don't know yeah. how to do that. And here we are, two years later, two years, 100, 100 episodes, episodes in. in, and I, yeah, God has blessed us with it. We, we have, we have people listening to us. That's in, weird. In in states that we have never been to, countries we've in countries never been we've to. never been to. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Um, it it, it is. You know, there, there are times where I, me personally, I don't know if Austin does this, but I know there are times I get a little hung up on the numbers and, and have a tendency to be like, man, we're just not, hmm. like, we're just staying, staying the same. But, but it's like, no, no, wait, like, we're staying the same. Like, people want, the people that are listening are listening yeah. and they, they, they are engaged and, and I hope they're engaged. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, it really is humbling. It's really cool to, to see when you actually start breaking down, like, where people are downloading. Obviously, the number one state's Indiana, because that's where we live. Right. Kentucky, a close second, because that's where I'm from. But just to see this reaching people that I'm not sure we thought would it would reach is, yeah. is really cool. Well, and the thing I come back to is we, we never started this thinking that it would get bigger than anything at all. Right. So, again, going back to m- numbers... Yes, it's cool to see and it's encouraging, but it really doesn't matter because it's like, okay, the Lord will use this how right. he wants to. And if he wants it big, he'll make it big. And if it stays like this and we continue this for the next 5, 10, 15, 50 years, yeah. okay, 50 years. his will be done. It's be in the 80s. That's, that's nuts. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, so 
we're excited to see what the next 100 episodes bring. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, episode 101 is already recorded. And it will be released after a week from this release. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And then we're going to start getting into some more topics, some more scripture, continue going through First Timothy, doing what we do. I mean, honestly, we're just going to go through scripture. We're going to talk about random things. Hmm. And we're just going to enjoy you know, seeing where this goes. I, I'm still waiting on a response from an interviewee potential interviewee that I think will be really cool. I must send a message out to somebody else. He, you know, Austin has a couple yeah. ideas, I think for yeah. some people we want to talk to and maybe start format doing some of those kind of, if we can, if we could start kind of going that route. Um, I think, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I, I do think Austin, I've talked about this before in the past, uh, maybe setting up a fundraising goal to get our, get a booth, at, hmm. at uh, uh, Winter Jam, or something like or, or that, something yeah. like Winter Jam. But you know, every year Winter Jam comes to Lexington and Louisville, two places that are very close to us that we can get to very easily. Yeah, and throw a booth out there, have have just us hanging out at the booth and and talking to people, and you know, what be kind of cool. What if we get a booth at like Louder Than Life or something? Boy, that'd be something. Wouldn't that it? would be something. All right, so that's something to look at. Probably not realistic for this year because no, it's no, too, no, no, probably no. too close to too happening. Close. But uh, hmm, throw that cookie at throw you. that boy throwing wrenches into all the things. Right? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so just kind of different ideas like that to just get our 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 name out there, but mainly get the message out there. Get get the good news out there. Get the gospel mm-hmm. out there. Get people who are interested in in learning about scripture and learning about what this whole Christianity thing is. I mean, obviously our main audience are, are believers. I mean, I think that's pretty clear Yep. because, you know, I got a buddy of mine who's a, is a really good friend of mine who it's like, I hate, he's very honest. He goes, Hey, podcast is kind of boring. I'm like, well, for someone who doesn't believe I can, I can see that. And honestly, yeah. even people who do believe I could see where certain episodes are kind of boring. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's okay. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all, but because our audience is, you know, geared towards those who want to dive deeper. And no offense. Again, if nobody listens to us, Brad and I are just having a blast. That's right. We, we enjoy it. We uh, super enjoy it, yeah. So, but to get the name out there, to get this idea out there of, of hey, let, let's dive deeper. Let's talk about why we believe what we believe. Let's, let's you know, this came out of, and obviously 100 episodes in, I'm just kind of reflecting right now, but this came out of COVID for me. Yeah. It came out of the the time in in our culture in our society where churches were literally being shut down. Something we never thought would happen. Uh, you know, you had the governor of Kentucky send state police officers to churches on Easter to make sure they weren't meeting. Yeah, that's insane. That's, that's insane. insane for our country. That 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 is something you expect in China. That is something you expect in North Korea, yeah. in Russia, in these places where Christianity, where people are hostile to Christianity. And the craziest part is churches listened and they obeyed. And they obeyed. Yes. And that to me is where I'm like, wait a minute, hang on, there is something wrong here. I don't. There's think something so. wrong in our churches yeah. that that are willing to comply with this. Yeah. There's something wrong that if that the people in our churches are are willing to stay home. And, and just obey. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something wrong with, you know, I think extreme cases in Canada where pastors were getting arrested for holding meetings. Yeah. I, I think that was actually a lot closer to happening in America than you realize. Oh, yeah. A lot closer than you realize. I think there are certain governors, certain people that if they had their way, it would have happened. It would have happened, for sure. But there was just 
that wonderful document called the Constitution that kept it from happening. It didn't help with all the issues, but it helped with that one at least. Yeah. But legitimately, it came for me. It came out of that time of like, man, what happens when Christianity is illegal in the states? Yeah. And for the first time in my life, and maybe for the first time in yours, you look at what was happening in 2020 and you say, that's a possibility. Yeah. We're not there yet. I think we've won some ground back in that fight. But I think 2020, if it did nothing else, it it made us realize, or made me realize at least, this is possible. Oh, yeah. I never thought it was until, until I saw what happened in 2020. And for me, that's what started this idea of this podcast is like, okay... When is my spiritual life and my reading and my studying at its strongest? It's when I have uh, an outlet for it yeah. as well. It's always when it's it, it's when I'm more motivated. And, and granted, maybe that's not the best thing in the world, but it is. It's when yeah. I'm more motivated to study is when I am feel like I have the task of teaching. And that's what this did is like, okay, I need to be sh- to make sure that if this is outlawed in this country, I still have a solid foundation mm. to know what to do yeah, and know what I believe, know why I believe it and be willing to stand up and say, absolutely not. Oh yeah. No matter if I get put in jail for it, no matter if I get, or again, or if I get, <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to the episode, but God, but God. Uh, <laughs> I like how you threw <laughs> no matter if I get, <laughs> you know, if it comes down to it, and I, Austin's dying over here. I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm crying. I know. If I get, oh, but no matter what, like no matter if it becomes outlawed in this country where there's threat of jail, there's threat of death, there's threat of bodily harm, <laughs> threat of physical violence, I am still willing to say, no, no, no. I am so confident in what I believe that I'm going to stand up for it. That's where this podcast was born. This idea was born for me. 2020 through COVID, and then our pastor saying, hey, let's do a Bible study. I'm like, I just do not want to commit to that. And yet here we are <laughs> committing to this. Two years later. Two years later, <laughs> 100 episodes in. So thank you guys so much for your support and, and for listening. Um, I'm excited to see what the next 100 episodes do, see where it goes, see what's, if there's any spinoffs, anything that kind of comes from this that's a little bit different than what we do now. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, here's, here's, to, here's to 100 more episodes, sir. I know I'm out too. Yeah, I'm out too. (laughs) So, any final thoughts? May the Lord's grace shine upon your face all the days of your life. And may he bless you and keep you. And until then, stay stay rooted. rooted. See you next week, guys.